We are going to continue on this morning, and I am so thankful, so thankful to have an opportunity uh, to just gather together in this family service this morning uh, and to share with you. I'm, I, I, our family services are, are very quickly becoming uh, another one of my favorite services, and, and there's a reason for that. Uh, the reason is that there is something about having kids in service uh, with us. And, and in fact, here's what I would like to do this morning. I'm going to just ask that uh, for any kids who are in here who are interested, if you would just look at your parents right now. Would you look at your parents right now? And your parents are either going to nod at you or they're going to shake their head at you. They're either going to nod or they're going to shake their head, okay? So watch your parents. If you are interested in it, and if your parents nod and don't shake their head, I'm going to invite you to just come on down to the front and just sit here right on the floor, um, because I'm actually going to preach this morning from right here, okay? So any kids whose parents nod and who are interested, feel free to come on down and to sit on the floor here, okay? Yeah, just don't be afraid of waiting for anybody else. You just go ahead and... And come on down. Make sure you get a nod and not a shake. If they shake, then don't come down to the front. Okay? All right. Wow, it is great to have you guys here with us uh, this morning. You don't have to sit underneath my feet. You kind of give me just a little bit of space this morning. I'm glad you guys are here this morning. I'm glad to have you in the service with us. And, and there's a couple of reasons why I'm glad to have you in the service with us. When, when Liz and I were first became parents, we decided our kids were going to be sugar-free, I think gluten-free, I think like preservative-free. Like we were like hardcore parents. And we decided our kids were not going to have sugar until they turned 35 and that was our prerogative as a parent, that you don't give them any sugar. In fact, we, we, when Clara turned one year old, uh, we made her a cake that had absolutely no sugar in it. Her first birthday was a cake that had two things in it. It was bananas and flour. It was terrible. But she had never had sugar before. And so, like, she was good with it. Everybody else, though, all the grandparents were like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, but that's our prerogative as a parent, especially as a new parent, when you're young and you're trying to figure this thing out. It's okay to do that kind of thing. Um, but then we realized pretty early on that we as parents could do that, but it was our prerogative to do that. It was the grandparents' prerogative to completely ignore that. Right, like you'd send your kids, you'd be like, no sugar, no sugar, and you'd send them to grandparents, and they'd come back with ice cream all over their face, and you're like, what, what, what happened to the no sugar thing? But that's, that's grandparents' prerogative. Well, here at Praise, here at Praise, uh, we decided in our kids' ministry that we weren't going to use candy as, um, as any kind of a, 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 a prize. Yeah, yeah, no plotting, but I'm with you. Because as a parent, like, it's really nice to know that when our kids go to kids' church, that they're not going to come back sugared up, right? Like with a big pixie stick in one hand and a lollipop in the other and a candy bar in their back pocket that you didn't even know about and melts and then it's gross. So we decided no, no candy 
Instead, they give out toys and stuff as prizes. But here's the thing. I'm not the kid's pastor. And I have waited forever to have the opportunity to give out candy. Right? So this is not kid's ministry. But in order for me to give you guys candy, I need to have the authority to do that. See, up on the screens it says, Alan Beauchamp, lead pastor. Okay? Now, when I lead, I want to lead by example. Okay? So that's not the right title. What we need is to change that title from lead pastor to grand pastor. (laughs) Right? So if I can get them to change that screen in just a moment from lead pastor to grand pastor, I might even be able to give you guys some candy. And when I say candy, I'm talking like straight sugar. Fun dips. These things, when I was a kid, dude, like it goes right into your bloodstream, right? Like you can, these things are awesome. Okay, so what we need to do, and when I say grand pastor, I don't mean like grand pastor, like grand master Ellen. No, it's like if Pastor Caleb is the kid's pastor, if he's, he's your pastor, then I'm grand pastor, right? Like that makes sense to you, right? Okay, so what we need to do is we need to together convince our video person to change that from lead pastor to grand pastor this morning, okay? So on the count of three, I need you guys to shout, change that screen, okay? Here we go. One, two, three. Change that screen. What? So now I can give you guys sugar. Here's what we're going to do. Because if I give you sugar now, I have to deal with it. On your way out, the ushers are going to give you guys each a fun dip if your parents nod instead of shake their head on the way out. Okay, so each of the ushers at the door have some of these fun dips to give you so that your parents have to deal with it instead of, instead of me, okay? All right, awesome. See, because I'm the grand pastor, it's my prerogative. I've been waiting for years to be able to do that. If you would grab your Bibles, I have a sweet fire Bible for kids this morning. So if you guys would grab your Bibles this morning, grab your Bibles. Did anybody bring their Bible to church with them this morning? Miss Lydia brought her Bible. Oh, very nice. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to read to you. For those of you who are out in the seats, I encourage you to grab your Bibles too. In the kids' church, you guys have been uh, going through a series called Five Things I Wish You Knew About God. That's a really cool series, and I'm excited about, I think you're on number five next week. Okay, well, in here we've been doing a series called Meeting Jesus. And Meeting Jesus has just been about um, essentially reading the stories. We've just been reading the stories of people meeting Jesus. Okay? And I have a story that I've been wanting to share with them for about a month and a half now. But I have waited until you were here because I needed you to be here. It wouldn't work without you guys being here. Okay? So that's the story we're going to read today. It's, it's the invite. Because Jesus gives an invite, but he gives an invite a very certain way. Okay? So once you have your Bibles, if you would open them up to Mark chapter 10. I'm reading from the Sweet Fire Bible for Kids, which is based on the NIV. And so if you have the ESV or if you grab one of those hard box, uh, hardback Bibles today, those Bibles are ESV. So there might be a few words that are different, but you'll figure it out. So grab a Bible, open it up to the book of Mark chapter 10. Today, Mark chapter 10. All right, here we go. I'm going to start reading, so I'm going to need you guys to gather around and pay attention. Well, except just a little bit of space for my feet. Okay? Mark chapter 10, verse 13. Here we go. 
Read along with me. Here's what it says. Mark chapter 10, verse 13. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. So here's the situation. Some parents are bringing their kids to be blessed by Jesus. And the disciples, it says, rebuke them, which is a little harsh. Has anybody in here ever been rebuked? Has anybody here been reprimanded? Does anybody here know what that means? <laughs> Has anybody in here ever gotten in trouble by their parents? Oh, wow. Well, the word rebuked here is super harsh. This is the same word that's used when Jesus rebukes the demons. Okay? So when it says that Jesus' disciples were rebuking these parents, it's pretty hardcore. And it says then that Jesus was indignant with them, which indignant is the British way of saying that he was upset. Okay, so anytime you say indignant, you have to say it with a British accent. You have to say, Jesus was indignant. And you have to hold up your pinky and you have to drink a tea, okay? That's how you say indignant. So that's the situation. People are bringing their kids to be blessed by Jesus. The disciples rebuke them hardcore. Jesus gets upset with them with his pinky in the air and was indignant. But then he says this. Listen, listen, this is super important. Then he says... What does he say? He says, listen, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. What Jesus says here is that apparently you have something to teach your parents about how they need to come to Jesus. You have something that you have better than your parents have it. Okay? So for example... When I said, hey, kids, if you want to come down, sit across the front. You guys came. How many of your parents do you think would have come when I said, hey, if I would have said, hey, parents, come and sit down across the floor in front of me? How many? Zero. Maybe one or two who are trying to prove a point. I have a hard time getting them to sit on the front row, right? Like, they all sit on the back row. And anytime you have adults in a room, they, they fill up from the back to the front. When kids are in a room, they fill up from the front to the back. So what Jesus is saying here is if you want to inherit the kingdom of God, you need to sit on the front row, not on the back row. Okay? You guys got that? All right, not really. Here's what he says. Keeps reading. Let's keep reading. Everybody, here's what he says. Hey, no hitting. Here's what he says, verse 15. Truly I tell you, Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. So he says, your parents need to receive the kingdom of God just like you would. Now what Jesus is saying here is essentially that if you want to come to God, you need to come like a child to God. Come like a child to God. All right, guys, 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 seriously, keep your hands to yourselves. Hands to yourselves. Come like a child to God. Now, let me tell you what I am absolutely certain that does not mean. That does not mean when you want to come to God, you need to be innocent. You want to know why I know that? Because not a one of you is innocent. And, and you might look innocent, 
But I have learned as a parent that the more innocent you look, the more guilty you probably are. Did you know that? In fact, as parents, when there's something that goes wrong, if you go and you go, Daddy, I don't know what happened, that means you're super, super guilty. So if you do something wrong and you don't want your parents to find out, don't try to look innocent. It's a dead giveaway. You're the one who did it. Okay? So this is not saying that if we want to come to God, we have to be innocent. Every single one of us, every single one of us, listen guys, hands to yourselves. Every single one of us is guilty. Every single one of us has failed. Every single one of us has sin inside. So this is not saying when we come to him, we need to be innocent. Now, there are some other possibilities of what it could mean. It could mean that like kids have faith, like kids have that basic trust, that maybe we need to have that same kind of faith. Right? Like, guys, hands to yourselves. Like this. When my daughter was really young. Hey, guys, seriously, hands to yourselves. When my daughter was really young, like less than a year old, my, ch- my daughter would stand on my hand. And she was at an age where she couldn't stand on her own, but she could lock her knees. There's an age in there where you can put them in your hand, and they will lock their knees, and you can just have them stand on your hand. And if you move your hand around, you'll keep them from falling out of your hand. So I would freak people out. Like I would take Clara, less than a year old, have her lock her knees, and I would balance her and move her around. And everybody would be like, oh, 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 no, don't do that. But she loved it. Why? She loved it because she knew that I wouldn't drop her. She was in my hand, and she knew that I would not let her go. And it doesn't matter if I would have been on the floor, or if I would have been on stage three feet in the air, or if I would have been 10 feet up, or if I would have been 20 feet up. She would have trusted me just the same. And now, if I do that, she wouldn't. (laughs) Why? Because I think the older we get, the less we have that easy faith, that easy trust. And so he might be saying that. He also might be saying that we need to receive it with joy. Because with, when you're a kid, the smallest things cause you the most amount of joy. Have you noticed that? I actually, several years back, um, we have a swing set at our house. And several years back, in 2015 actually, um, I was pushing Asher on a swing. And while I was doing that, we were coming up on a series called Delight. And so I, I, I loved his reaction so much that I actually recorded it and I played it for the church. I want to play this for you. This is when Asher was two years old. It's just an audio recording of Asher getting pushed on a swing. If you guys would cue it. Just sound. I don't, or I want to do it again, he said. Why is that? Now, I'm actually, I swing right next to them on that swing. Like, they'll swing in one swing, and I'll swing on the other. But I never have that much joy while I'm doing it. And I'm doing the exact same thing. And maybe it's because he has hair for the wind to blow through. I don't know. 
But like, he enjoys it so much more, and joy comes so much more easily at a younger age. And the older you get, the, I, I think sometimes the less joy you have in that. I do think that Jesus is saying when we receive the kingdom of God, at least to some degree, we need to receive it with that same kind of joy. But you know what I'm absolutely sure of? What I am 100% sure of, completely sure of, is this. That we need to receive the kingdom of God with humility. When you guys were first born, you couldn't do anything but poop, pee, sleep, and cry. That's it. Yeah, I know. I said poop and pee in church, okay? But that's all you could do. How many of you have a job? Okay. How many of you that have a job contribute to the mortgage? Exactly. And how many of you that have a job buy your own groceries? Yeah, right. Not a one of you do. Why? Because somebody else is taking care of you. And those things you cannot do on your own, someone else does for you. You know what I think is really interesting about this story? Hey, everybody, I need you to pay attention to me. We're almost done here. What I think is super interesting about the story is this. Hey, buddy. What I think is super interesting about the story is the fact that did these kids come on their own? No. No, they didn't. They were brought. In fact, if you go to Luke chapter 18 and you read the story there in in Luke chapter 18, it says people were also bringing babies or infants to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. These are people who couldn't come on their own. So when Jesus, when it says that Jesus uh, uh, said we need to come in the same way, what is he saying? He's saying you cannot do it on your own, which is why it is vitally important that you guys bring your friends. This is why it's vitally important. How many of you rode your bike to church this morning? Yeah, right. How many of you came with your parents this morning to church? Your parents or your grandparents or your uncle or your aunt or your guardians brought you. Why? Because they're the ones who are doing the work in order for you to come. And in the same way, when Jesus says these people were bringing these kids... He says, that's how we need to come. We can't come on our own. We can only come because Jesus provided a way, right? Here's what's really cool about the story, and I'm going to wrap it up with this. I need you guys to pay attention. Now, all eyes on me. Mouths closed, eyes on me. Eyes on me. Over here. Eyes on me. Thank you. Here's what I want to end with. This story has a twin. Has a twin. But not an identical twin, a fraternal twin. How many of you know what a fraternal twin is? A fraternal twin is born at the same time, but looks different, but it's always connected. Right before this story is another story that we always read this story, but we never read. Uh, It's really interesting to me that we sometimes don't read the stories that are kind of tied together. Right before this, in Mark chapter 9, is another story. And it's also about another child and Jesus and his disciples. It's in Mark chapter 9, verse 33. Here's what it says. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Has anybody here ever argued with your siblings about who was greater? Yeah, I know, right? Don't try to look innocent, I know. All right, here we go. 
but they were arguing along the way about who was greatest. Sitting down, sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. What Jesus is saying is if you want to be the greatest, you need to serve other people, okay? But then he continues the story. Here's what happens. He took a little child whom he had placed among them. And taking the child in his arms, he said, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. So what is he saying here? And it says that he takes the little child, the actual words are he took the kid's head and put it in the crook of his arm. So this is a little baby. So Jesus takes a little baby and he says, he says, if you want to be greatest, you need to receive a little baby in my name. What is he saying? He's saying that just as we come like a child to God, we should come like God to a child. And you know what's really interesting about this? Who's the greatest at Praise Assembly in Springfield, Missouri? You know what this says? This says the ones who are the greatest at praise assembly. I know you'd think it was me, or at least I would think it's me with the grand pastor, right? But it's not. The greatest at praise assembly is the people right now who are in the nursery and in the preschool serving. The greatest at praise assembly are those who are serving in kids' ministry. I want to show you guys something really quick up on the screen. I want to show you the people in a moment who are, are working in the kids' ministry on a monthly basis, okay? And I want you to be able to read all of the names that are uh, serving monthly in the kids' ministry, either in kids' church, in the nursery, or in the preschool. Here it is. Let's put it up there. Now, why do you think those names are so small? Yeah, because that's 126 names. Do you know how many kids there are, people under the age of 18 at Praise Assembly? How much of our church is? 33.8% of this church, this year, people who attended praise are under the age of 18. It's really cool to pastor a church just like that. But if that means if we were to cut the pie in thirds, if we were to cut it into three pieces, that's a big piece of pie, one third of the pie, one of those pieces is kids. And what this passage is saying here is that serving in the kids' ministry is one of the greatest things you can do in the church. Kids ministry, nursery, preschool. 126 people every single month are serving. That's 70 plus a week serving in kids ministry, nursery, preschool, and Royal Rangers and girls ministry. You know what that means? That means that Pastor Caleb and Rachel Daly and Heather Seleski are killing it. They are doing a great job, okay, which is awesome. That's awesome. But do you also notice that there's some spaces up there? Because we know exactly how many we need. We need 144 people every single month serving in order for every slot to be filled. But the people who are volunteering in our kids' ministry are not volunteering just to fill a slot. What I love about our kids' ministry is that they are very intentional about doing three things. Modeling, mentoring, and messaging. And that means that every time my kids go back in the kids' church, 
Every time Clara's back there, every time Asher's in preschool, they have an example of men and women from this church who are worshiping back there and serving back there and teaching back there. And why is that? Because in the same way that we need to come to God like a child, we also are supposed to come like God to a child. Okay? And this church loves you guys. And this church is behind you all and serving you all. And I want you to know that. Let's give these kids a round of applause. I'm going to invite you to go back to your seats. Kids, if you would head back to your seats. They're still there. I left two fun dips right behind this, this uh, monitor to see if they would be there after they were done. But they're still there. Good job, kiddos. Hey, really, truly, this church believes in kids' ministries. And, and it's really very cool to be a pastor of a church that is one-third under the age of 18. That's so cool. So fun. And let me just say to you, that I'm so behind the people who are serving back there because I know the men and women who are in that kids' ministry representing and showing, modeling every single week what it means to worship God. And I'm so excited for people who give of their time. What is really interesting is just as we are supposed to come like a child to God, we're supposed to come like God to a child What I think is so interesting was that Jesus said, and a lot of times we quote, that if you want to, if you want to, uh, if you serve and and you go and you visit those who are in prison, it's like you're visiting me. And we quote that scripture a lot. And we quote the scripture that says, if you give a drink to someone who's thirsty, it's like you're giving a drink to me, right? He also said that if you go back in the nursery and you serve, it's like you're serving me. And that is such a powerful and effective thing. And those people who are back in the nursery are not just changing diapers. They're saying prayers over kids. They're speaking scriptures over kids. They are ministering to the kids of praise. And I love that. I love that. Because when it comes to meeting Jesus, number one, it means that we don't come innocently. We come as those who have just a basic faith. And it's really not a very complicated thing. It's just like we're in his hands and we trust him. And we come with the joy that comes that is so simple. It's such a simple joy, but a joy that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And that's simple. But when it comes down to it, we need to come as those who cannot come on our own. And I think that's the biggest thing that Jesus was saying here. And I want to speak to you in here if you don't know. Maybe you came here because you're here with a friend or a family member. Maybe you came because you were here for a family dedication, or maybe you were here because of the fact that you don't know. Maybe you just wanted to give church a try again. Let me tell you why you're really here. You're here because God wanted you here. You're here because God wanted you to hear the message that it's really very simple, and that all we can do is come with a basic faith, and a faith that says, oh God, I cannot do this on my own. And that's the message you need to hear today. I'm going to invite everybody to stand with me as we're getting prepared to end this service this morning. Thank you for being a church that models what it means to worship, that models what it means to serve God and to give and 
to pray and thank you for being a church that understands that Jesus didn't say that they were bringing these kids to church or to the Sunday school. They were bringing these kids to Jesus. And we don't want to hinder that. But I want to speak to you right now as everybody. I was speaking to the kids, but boy, I hope you heard the message. Because we are supposed to come just like those kids. We are supposed to come as those who cannot do it on our own, but that a very simple gift has been given to us. You know what's right after this story? What's right after this story in Mark chapter 10 of Jesus bringing these little kids or Jesus saying, let these little kids come to me, is the story of the young man who says, man, I've been doing good since the day I was born. I was able to earn my way. And Jesus says to him, no, you really were not. You cannot earn your way. When it comes down to it, we can't come as those who've done good or who've earned our way to God. Instead, we come simply as those who've been brought. And if these were infants that Jesus put in his arm, boy, there's nothing that they can take credit for, but that when it came down to it, they put their faith in him, okay? They trusted him. He held them in his arms, and they led him. And this morning, if you're in here and and you've not heard that message before, or you've heard it before and you've not put your faith in him in that way, may this morning you do that. Let's pray. Father, we come as those who cannot come on our own. We come as those who were brought. And some of us were brought by a friend or a family member. Some of us were brought because of the fact that when it came down to it, we were just here for a child dedication, or maybe we came because we wanted to give church a try. But really, when it came down to it, it was the Holy Spirit that was calling us and drawing us and bringing us to Jesus. And this morning, as we read of those who meet Jesus, Lord, when we all hear that message that we need to come with a simple faith where we put that faith in Jesus Christ. And we need to put our trust in him and allow him to hold us. And Father, we need to also recognize that we can't do it on our own, but come with humility. Not one of us can take credit for it. We cannot earn it. And then when it comes down to it, oh God, we receive a joy unlike anything we have ever had before. A joy that cries out with just such excitement and then says, I want to do it again. Lord, may we have that same attitude this morning. Father, help us to understand what it means to come like a child to God. And then, Father, help us to understand what it means to come like God to a child. Help us all to carry that responsibility that we model Christ, that we do this in his name, that we serve in that way, that we love in that manner. And this morning, may we all respond to that. If there's anyone in this room who hears that call, that draw, that says, it's it's really not that difficult, it's not that complicated. You put your faith in Jesus Christ and he's the only one who can hold you up. This morning, I just pray that hearts would respond to that. Father, may we come, not because we think we've earned our way, but because of the fact that It's only in the name of Jesus that we have an opportunity to come. We thank you for this. We ask this in your name, Jesus.